from WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. It is good to be back. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today we're talking about an essential part of movies, the score. Cue the music. We've wanted to do this episode for a while, but now we have a great excuse to do so. Score, a film music documentary, is screening at 3 p.m. Saturday, February 3rd, as part of our Classical 91.5 Presents series. The screening will be followed by a discussion of the music and the film, with a panel including Emmy Award-winning composer and conductor Mark Waters, who is the director of the Beale Institute for Film Music and Contemporary Media at the Eastman School of Music. We'll have live music as well in the little cafe before the show uh, with the always excellent Empire Film Music Ensemble. That'll be at 2 o'clock that day, an hour before the screening. Uh, For this return episode, we have a few of my favorite guests. You guys know you're my favorites. (laughs) So we have Jackie McGriff, photographer, University of Rochester employee, former co-worker of mine, still sad about that, movie super fan, and music super duper fan <laughs> how have you been jackie i've been great especially after that introduction <laughs> I, I, a, I said i wanted to keep this episode short and then i have your your introduction title is like five minutes in itself that's so. fine that's fine <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> worth it next we have matt deturk creative director at hedonist artisan chocolates and movie music expert and, and a super duper fan <laughs> and a super duper fan let's not go now, with matt, i wasn't gonna bring this up <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but again, I don't see any chocolate. Oh, did right. You, did you? It's oh. been so long. Oh, it has been so long since the last time I was on that I completely forgot. I never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I did not forget. I can see your eyes. I believe it. <laughs> it's okay. You're forgiven. You are forgiven for now. <laughs> Our final guest needs no introduction, but I am going to <laughs> But I will introduce you anyway. <laughs> City newspaper film critic... Writer and my go-to person for film discussions, Adam Lubito. Adam, should we just get you a key to the little? <laughs> get this over. That would be fantastic. Make I things easier, that. right? Yeah, <laughs> we. That's probably going to happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> we already have the punch card. We're we're all set to go. Just the key. We'll have it made by the end of the episode. My people are on it. I promise not to abuse it too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much. It, it's all right if you abuse it a little. It's, it goes It goes with it. You know, it's a lot of power there, a lot of responsibility. <laughs> okay, so now Adam and Matt have seen score, and I promise we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but first, I have a very, very important question. We're gonna have to, I'm going to set a scene for you here. Imagine this. Your life is a movie. It's a motion picture. You are the star... I'm Goofy Comic Relief, obviously. (laughs) Uh, We have a top-notch director. uh, Greta Gerwig-level talent is directing. But we need a composer. We need music. Who are you picking? Who wants to go first? Who's up to this? They're all shaking their head no. I mean, I'll go. All right, Matt. Be the brave one. Um, I think I would probably pick John Powell. Okay. um, Yeah, as my composer. Because um, he can do like the large symphonic orchestral elements, you know, of the gravitas of my existence. So, <laughs> That's a good answer. 
but also at the same time like i love his score to robots which is all like uh-huh. clanks and like it's playing with like squeaky toys and like metal drums and like trash cans which is actually like 98 percent of my existence is nonsense (laughs) (laughs) and probably by the end of your movie there's gonna be robots taking over absolutely perhaps a robot apocalypse so (laughs) i'm I'm assuming (laughs) all right who's next that was a good answer that was tough to follow you should you should have volunteered to go first (laughs) jackie Mm, looks like she's ready i well (laughs) because this is this is such a hard question because that's what we do here so many <laughs> awesome ones um i'm between two right now actually um one is and i can never pronounce his name correctly oh he's uh, listening so okay thanks um michael michael oh is it giacchino giacchino i don't know how that's... to say his name I, this is one of those ones where I keep checking, like I keep trying to yeah. watch YouTube videos to figure it out. Yeah. And I feel like they still all pronounce it differently. Yes. So I've been saying Giacchino, but Giacchino. I don't know if that's right. Okay, we're going with it. Um, so <laughs> Michael Giacchino right. or Rachel Portman. Um, because, I I mean, I feel like she can do sort of like the, because there's been a lot of drama um, in my life. So she can really do those dramas. And then for like the more exciting or like the... I don't know, like, other parts of my life. I feel like Michael, that, like, his music is more appropriate for, like, some of those things. So I'm in between the two. Really. Okay, yeah. so it's light, whimsical music playing right now. Yes, right. light, whimsical, yes. And, and then, then it gets dramatic when Matt, <laughs> Matt challenges you to an air-conducting duel. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Guaranteeing show <laughs> 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 All right, that's a good answer, too. All right, Adam, you're up. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jerry Goldsmith. I guess I'll bring him back from the dead <laughs> oh, to score. God. That's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. But he he can do stuff like uh, Gremlins, which is has brings the fun and has always had a special place in my heart as a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can also do something like uh, Tryouts, a specific track from the score to Rudy, <laughs> which is like the most inspirational piece of music you've ever heard in your life. And That's good. I feel like I can use that in my life. You know, that, that pump up music. Like, yeah, I can do anything. And that is the music to do it to. You're about to write the biggest piece of your life, and you're like, I need the inspiration. And exactly. It's so. Exactly. And, and Jerry Goldsmith can bring that. That's good. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of go with a boring answer from me. I would say Hans Zimmer. See, I was going to go with cliche. I, don't know. I want that inception. <laughs> don't we all? I want that. But I want him to write me a really cool theme that is just pumps me up. And it's my theme, the Scott theme. He plays it live and he come, he returns to C-Mac. He's like, what is he playing now? Oh, he's playing the Scott song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I think that's it. I just want that iconic the iconic score that's even when like Zimmer's doing like tiny comedies and stuff I feel like usually the themes are super memorable and like really really uh, great I like, mean interstellar though like I mean because I'm so used to Hans Zimmer with the drums and everything mm-hmm. and it's like really intense and then and not to say that interstellar isn't intense at times too like don't by the way don't drive at night listening to that because <laughs> it is super creepy <laughs> I was like why did I do this this was a mistake um, it's like a black Yeah, I'm just like, well, because it's at the park. Well, okay, I'm not going to go into details about the movie in case you haven't seen it. But like, spoiler alert, we we, been warned. (laughs) I mean, there are there are so many instances where like, you know, it's on the edge of your seat and everything, but not in the way that, you know, you're typically typically hear the music 
in, in a scene like that, um, it's more like like it the music itself kind of it really freaks you out and it's and when you're just listening to that to that music again in the car at night it's just like super creepy like anything could happen at this time i'm going to turn to something lighter um so no and then i think because um he's worked with um He's worked with Christopher Nolan and everything in a bunch of his films and stuff. You know, after you had like, um, after you had like the the Batman trilogy and everything, he was like, okay, you know what? With the super, like Chris, Christopher Nolan is like, listen, I, I want no drums, like less drums, just make it something without like that kind of intensity. And so Hans Zimmer comes up with this amazing score for Interstellar and you're just like, wait, this is Hans Zimmer? What? Like, you know, it's an it's an, an incredible score and it's a very different approach from like the same composer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He uses a lot of uh, similar themes. Seeing, seeing him uh, in concert, I noticed too, there were a lot like similarities, yeah. which I would like because I, I like those elements for my score. I would also say, I just thought of this, um, Johnny Greenwood would be another good one. I'm a huge Radiohead fan, so mm. maybe get a little bit of him in there too, and and then I could meet a Radiohead person too. I'm go. assuming I would meet yeah. the composer, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, now we've got. Oh. I was gonna say he is in demand right now, mm. so you're gonna have to. I feel like get in line for him though. Yeah, <laughs> since both of them just got Oscar nominees, so this week. Yeah. Um, for my my story is in demand though. He's gonna. <laughs> that's true. That's he's true. gonna want to work. He's like, what does this guy do? He just doesn't. He's just goofy all the time. And he's like, I can't work with this. You're literally oh. there just fielding like theme offers. You're like, who's do I like better? Oh, <laughs> I have man. the power here. That would be amazing. Daft Punk also needs to do more scores because mm-hmm. I felt like I mean I didn't really care for Thor or not Thor I'm sorry Tron I don't know where I got that from. Thor li- is yeah, listening so, so don't, sure. don't okay great <laughs> um no Tron Legacy I didn't really care for the movie all that much but what hit me was the score I'm like mm-hmm. Def Punk needs to do more more scores you know I I don't know I don't know if you guys felt the same way but yeah I say I um, I, I actually, I, I think I'm in the minority in that I liked the movie. Like, oh, yeah, I know did. people, yeah, okay. people generally were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, it's so fun. It wasn't my cup of tea. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but I feel like that score so quickly, like, became iconic. Like, mm-hmm. from the moment, like, it hit theaters to the point where, like, then people were emulating mm-hmm. it. Like, it was instantaneous. Like, yeah, it I like was, that score. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. just, it was great. It was yeah. so awesome. No, it's around the time they had their most recent album, too. I think right a few years before, perhaps. Um, and then they got big, real big with Lucky. was obviously one of the big hits a few oh, summers yeah. ago, too. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a fact checker, so, <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> that sounds right. Sounds about right. <laughs> Here we go. I forgot how much I, I spew stuff that probably isn't correct. In a time where I, we really should be getting our facts straight. So, <laughs> so That's I, a good point. So we will. So please, if anyone's listening, feel free to call me out later. I, I welcome corrections. Cause... People like to yell at me in email. So, oh, no. So, so if you have to do it, I understand. It's okay. So we, we do have to talk a little bit about what we're here for, which is score. Again, it's screening at the Little, February Third, I almost said the second. I was like, "What day is it?" <laughs> Saturday, February third. Part part of Classical ninety one point five presents. Uh, you can go to the little org to watch a trailer for it, to buy tickets, uh, just to read about it, just to listen to this podcast, just to hang out. The best website ever. You can do that. So again, Adam, Matt, you guys have seen this movie. Um, what were your initial thoughts? You know, do you think this is something that uh, for someone who maybe is not a huge fan of film scores or Maybe doesn't it's not something they notice or one of their top 
features of films, do you think this could maybe uh, get them hooked on on uh, film scores? Uh, I I think definitely for someone who's who d- who doesn't have a huge knowledge of film scores, but it has an interest and kind of wants to dip their toes in, because I think it does a really good job of giving an overview and a, a history of film scores and sort of from the beginning um, and up to current you know composers what they're what they're doing um and i yeah i think it is that that kind of overview and sort of general um knowledge of of what film score what goes into a film score or um what function it has you know the filmmaking process and then it was something that watching it like some of that stuff i was like yeah this is like a little more generally what I've seen people like talk about over time because this is something I have an interest in. But what was really cool for me about watching it was that actually seeing some of the composers in their studios, in their environment, it actually starts with Marco Beltrami working on a score where he's stretched wire in the desert, like between long poles, and they play it as some sort of an outdoor wind harp. Like, and I was like, what is happening? And <laughs> it creates such an interesting sound to it. And so there's stuff like that, or there's like Christoph Beck talking about how much he likes Beethoven, like things like that, which there's moments of these really like in-depth things that I think are still really, really great for like people who have more knowledge about it and don't necessarily need the base level introduction to it. So there's definitely a lot of great anecdotes in mm-hmm. it too. And I just like the uh, sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say I just like the innovation of that. Like who who's who's thinking? Okay, you know what this needs an outdoor wind harp. Uh-huh, this yeah. is what we need from it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just, that's really awesome. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say those are definitely yeah my favorite parts of the documentary. Seeing the the actual process and, and being able to yeah go in the studios and and watch how how they sort of experiment and create the the sounds that are scoring the the movies that are currently in theaters. I thought it was the stuff I loved. I think my favorite anecdote in the whole thing, which I'm not going to spoil because you can just come see it, is, yeah, absolutely. is Mark Mothersbaugh talks about composing the opening theme music to Rugrats. Um, <laughs> and he talks about the instrument he used on it. And it was just, there's this fascinating little story. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really fun and cute and it's great. <laughs> so I think this goes without saying, but people who are fans of film scores, like are, like Jackie here, they, this movie is definitely for them. They should go, right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, something for everyone. So I got that impression. Just watching the trailer, I was like, man, this this looks really good. <laughs> and it has some you know iconic music that people recognize in it. Um, but again, I think it points out to the stuff that you don't know and composers who you might not be familiar with, uh, which is my next question. Uh, something I'm wondering, uh, probably a lot of people know John Williams. Uh, they know Hans Zimmer. They're, they recognize the iconic things, Superman theme, you know, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. We know these. Uh, but do you guys have any composer or someone who you like a lot who maybe people haven't heard of, but you think they should, people should definitely check out their work? I put you on the spot. I realized I forgot to tell you that question beforehand. Well, I mean, you I, you rattle off some names. So I'm not as I'm realizing that I'm not as familiar with some of these. So, um, the two. Oh, do you want to go first? No, I'll no. Just I was just, was just say the first person I think of. I'm going to sound like an idiot because I don't actually remember his name. But um, the Eddie the Eagle score. It's Matthew. I think it's Margeson, Margeson, mm. something like that. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I didn't even know his name, but I love that score so much, and it's it's Matt's fault because he we saw the movie and he immediately got the score, and it's all eighty again. It's 
inspirational kind of music. It sounds like, you know, um, 80s Olympics synthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if you want a pick me up in the middle of the afternoon, that is the score to go to. And so, yeah, that's that's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> and I can change the question a little if you can't think of the name, which is fair. Uh, so, yeah, again, if there's a film score to one that particularly hooked you, even if you don't remember it, you know, we could bring that up, too. So I think that's another thing if someone just goes, a lot of this music is available to listen to, uh, like on Spotify. You could obviously purchase it. Um and and I think people want. To, I'm always looking for music suggestions. I love. I think it's good. It's good when you're working, especially a lot of us do writing. You know, when you're writing, it's great to listen to the score. I like driving, mm-hmm. except for obviously in some situations. <laughs> Don't it's, it's that. Not. Yeah, I have all the music you shouldn't listen to while driving. That's another list. Um, That'll be another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Jackie, anyway. you should have your own podcast called. <laughs> Music don't you should not listen to while driving. I would listen to that. <laughs> Couldn't listen to anything from it because you're gonna think Pennywise yeah. is gonna be behind you and oh it's just as terrifying. See all these all these scores that I listen to, none of them are from horror films. Mm. Which is in so to say that I have a I literally have a list of just things that Jackie, maybe don't uh, listen to this at night while you're driving alone. Um, yeah, because it's a lot of the music is you know there are really intense things going on like in the scene you know that the music is being played to and like you're not thinking at the scene at the moment you're like oh god like this is super creepy I'm driving maybe let's change it to something like lighthearted or something like that. So but that <laughs> yeah that'll be another podcast or something that you're on an epic quest and it's like. I have to get to my destination right. before time runs out or something. Yeah, like, like Lord of the Rings is always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Howard Shore, yeah. Um, but, yeah, what were you, you So, what yeah, you the question again, about... if there's like a hidden gem, either a movie yeah. or a composer that you think that you'd want people to check out for that maybe they uh, wouldn't have before. So um, definitely um, the most recent Robin Hood film that was directed by um, – uh, oh so this God. is the Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah the Russell Crowe. Oh, the Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Russell Crowe. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Ridley, Ridley Scott is Scott, director. Yeah. It's like my mind just blanked for a second. Um, Happens all the time over here. Yeah, <laughs> Mark. And I can't. I can't remember his last name. It starts with an S. But the score for that is insane. Um, there's a. There's a Steinfeld or something. Something, something like, like that. that. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. close to that. Yeah. And there is a song in there called Merry Men, and it just, it's this really just like heroic, sort of like sweeping, um, epic song and it just gets me every time and i'm like this this is an amazing score more people should know that um or know him and then um nicholas hooper who did who's probably more famous for um well i know he did the music for les miserables so the most recent adaptation he did um harry potter and the order of the phoenix um and then so flight of the phoenix i think is i think that's the name of the song. That's one that always gets me. Um, and then he also did, of course, Harry Potter and the and the um, Half Blood Prince. So, and those are really exciting scores too. So, I'd say, yeah, Nicholas Hooper for sure too. Okay. So, when you find out you're a wizard and your your life movie yeah. to you, maybe you'd buy elements of this. And, yeah, <laughs> that's coming. That's a plot twist later. <laughs> F- fireworks from the fifth yes, one used to be my ringtone. Fireworks is amazing. I loved that. It was great. Um, and then I can't remember, or it was another composer for the seventh. No, it would be the eighth movie for Harry Potter, but it's called Statues. And that's a really good one, too. And it's so, like, 
because it's 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 the end of an era and then they're also fighting against the bad guys and it's just like oh you don't know whether to cry or cheer because it's just that kind of song that really just kind of goes through all the emotions and everything so definitely i think it's either death deathly hollows part one or two but the but the the song is called Statues, and it's really good. And I'm going to butcher the composer's name, but it's Alejandre Duplass. Yeah, I never know yeah. how to say it. Thank you. That's, I, that's, I never I, know. I haven't taken a lick of French, so that's probably wrong. He's but. listening. So <laughs> I don't it. That, that actually sounded like a very good pronunciation. No, and he's, in, he's uh, nominated, I think, in the Oscars too, right? Yes, yeah, for so Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shape of Water also playing at the Little. That's right. I actually say, actually, so right uh, this next week coming up, uh, so if you're listening, it's the week of January, what, 29th, I think, something like that, to the beginning of February. We have seven, oh, actually, no, starting right now, we, all, we have seven uh, Oscar-nominated films playing at the Little, Woo-hoo. which is impressive because we only have five screens. <laughs> I'm counting the square, uh, which we have a special screening on. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, that special screening will have already happened. <laughs> but the good news is, by popular demand, the square will be back for all Woo. of February, uh, which was nominated for Best Foreign Language Picture. It's a satire on the art world. Awesome. Um, so that'll be kind of fun, too. And I don't know anything about the score on that. And that's actually a rare movie that you guys haven't seen yet, correct? I, I saw it. Actually. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak about the score, though. I don't remember anything about the score. And I the movie's good, it. though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. I was thinking that maybe you hadn't seen it. But, of course, Adam has seen every movie, which is why we have you on here. So, <laughs> I promise I haven't seen everything. They just happen. The ones you pick out, you know, I, yeah, I saw that back in in Toronto in September. Oh, okay. All right. We should have had a Toronto podcast. Uh, I was year. on a, obviously I was on an HBO like <laughs> hiatus, like Game of Thrones, Westworld. They go on these long breaks. Sopranos used to. Uh, movies and a microphone is in that category. <laughs> so we, we took, a, we had a break. We had to recharge our batteries, take a summer, summer break, winter break, you know, both of them. So we're back better than ever. Ratings, I think. I think we'll show in the ratings. <laughs> the way. Get people wanting more. That's what you want. So you guys are all obviously uh, big uh, fans of film scores. That's why we have you on here today. Um, so the question is, and I don't know if there's a specific moment or kind of a general idea of when you realize that you are a fan of this. Like, this is something that you love. This is something you pay attention to. Uh, was there any one particular moment that hooked you Uh I'll let Matt start. I so I was trying to think about this when I was trying to prepare this for this question, and I can't, I can't think of like, I really want to have like that moment that I can think of where I'm like this moment, this scene, the like light bulb just yeah, goes off, and I can't think of that. But I have one anecdote about generally that, and that is I saw Space Jam <laughs> as a, a classic, child. a classic. <laughs> And um, then I was staying with my grandparents and we went to Barnes and Noble so that I could pick up the soundtrack because I liked the movie so much. And I brought it home and then Seal starts playing and I was like, fly like an eagle. I was like, 
this isn't what I was looking for. And that was the moment I learned that there was a difference between songs and films and the original orchestral <laughs> score because what I wanted was actually the score. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what is this? Yeah, I was like, what's happening? Like, this is fine. But I was like, this isn't what I wanted. Which most people, that song was a mega hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I am 100% the opposite because <laughs> if you look on Amazon, there are so many reviews where people are like, this is all instrumental music. This isn't what I wanted at all. Like, yeah. There's, there's sometimes there are two different versions. <laughs> I had the same moment when I was very confused. So I was looking for the soundtrack to the hit mid-90s movie Batman Forever. Uh. So I was like, oh, it had a song by The Offspring I really liked. A couple other ones that were just – it had one, like, really popular hit. I don't remember. I think it was uh, Kiss by a Rose. I was also Seal. Seal. It was Kiss by Rose. It was Seal. Man, he's – but I, I again, I Trixie Seal. <laughs> suddenly, this podcast has just turned into yeah, the the Seal fan club. <laughs> seal is actually not a listener. We're, we're trying to get him. Oh. We're trying to get him. Oh. It's yeah. the ultimate goal. Well, this will win him over. Yeah, I, I think so. Excuse me, Mister Seal. Could you could you listen Do you to think this? He goes by Mister Mister Seal. He should. If well, he doesn't. Why would he not? That's formal. <laughs> It's like New York Times style. I'm going, Mr. Seal. <laughs> oh, I knew we were going to go off track soon. It was just bound to happen. What were you expecting? <laughs> so anyway, my, yeah, my point was I had the same moment as a kid where I was like, I'm like, what? Is there's soundtracks, there's scores. It's confusing. I don't know. We figured it out. So my like, question for you is, did you end up getting later the album you wanted? I did get the album I wanted, and but I see I didn't want the score. I wanted just the the music, and I did get it, and oh, it was. Okay. I listened to it. It was good. I, I I was a huge. I loved Batman Forever as a kid, and now going back, I'm like, oh, this is not a this is not <laughs> a very good movie. Um, I keep wanting to rewatch it because I remember it being really fun. It but... was, yeah, it is fun. I mean, it's obviously a lot better than Batman and Robin, mm. which uh, the score for that has never been released actually wow. for Batman and fact. Robin. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to if, if we could play like gifts with that comment I would get the Mr. Freeze the one tear goes <laughs> which is a great gift <laughs> and that would be the moment if you could use that eventually we'd be able to do that in real life like someone will make up a comment and, and instead of interacting or talking I could just like press a button and a gif will play on my face <laughs> and then this my Hans Zimmer soundtrack will play something kind of fun and <laughs> that's that whole I'm excited for Robot Scott right. who shows up as the comic relief in my movie but is now the overlord at the end yes. so this is <laughs> who takes sense. over <laughs> makes sense just playing gifs all day plot twist <laughs> It's like, oh, here's the uh, call me by your name dancing gif again, can't, which are great gifs, by the way. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those. <laughs> we'll have to have another uh, episode just on dancing gifs. Uh, anyway, oh man, I've lost my track. So, <laughs> the moment. <laughs> yes, the moment. So we got our answer from Matt. Very good answer. Jackie, do you have that moment? Um, I think I I have like like a ballpark. Moment because I do remember, so I was a band kid growing up. Um, and uh, you might have to ex- explain a little bit about this, yeah. Going your... So, yeah, started in well, actually, so I had started playing piano when I was four, yeah, four, and then um, I think I had always also, I had always been in, like, in, eh, I can't even talk anymore, interested in other instruments, and so around fourth grade, I 
also started playing clarinet uh, in school. And then I do remember, and I can't remember if this was, I think this was actually high school, um, but like I think freshman or sophomore year or something, we were playing, or actually no, I think it was middle school. In middle school, uh, we started playing like the overtures to different um you know, different movies and they were all like the the big ones. So like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, The Mask of Zorro, I think we played at some point and I was just like, oh my God. And I had always been obsessed with Indiana Jones. So when we started playing Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> um, the appropriate the reaction. Yeah, pretty much. And um, so ever since then, like every time in band we got to play, we got to play, um, something from a film score you know i was just always happy i mean at some point we did play pirates of the caribbean another time we played um a version of star wars that was really difficult because there so there were like different different levels and everything and this was i think at like a professional level and we just wanted to like our teacher just wanted to play it for fun and i remember sitting there and going oh my god now if anyone out there knows anything about time signatures it was a nine eight which is insane um and so i just remember like you know what this is star wars whatever we're gonna have fun with it and we did have fun with it, even though none of us really knew what we were doing at the time. It was it was just so great. So I think growing up being someone who was, you know, part of band or, you know, doing pit orchestra or just anything having to do with music. And then on top of that, also loving movies. I think that th- that whole combo just really got me into wanting to play more scores and then hear more scores and then now I am the um score listening person in the car you know blasting it mm-hmm. like while other people are looking at me like I'm funny um or just the <laughs> air conducting person. as you drive oh I do air conduct by the way okay you heard <laughs> of air conduct air guitar believe me okay when it's the what is it the there's a song in Lord of the Rings that's um I think it's part of the two towers it's like the Pelinar Fields or something like that. I oh I air, you could just see me air. <laughs> I won't really do it right now because it's not going to really translate um, over podcast. We could describe um, it as you right. Do. No, it's fine. Um, but it's a really I mean it's a really cool song and so I'm just like any any time I get to you know air conduct it's always great. That, so I'm using that quote as the, <laughs> the as the lead of this podcast. <laughs> I was actually in band too, and my favorite part was when we played uh, different scores mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, so I played trumpet; it was horrible. I didn't practice, which it turns oh. out you need. Well, we were rivals to do though, because you because the trumpets always got the clarinets parts too, and the trumpets are obviously louder. <laughs> oh yeah, than the clarinet. That's why I so... played the trumpet. Yeah, I was actually better when we tried out. I was better at the clarinet, and I was like. Pfft. All the girls are playing clarinet. Oh my god! And here we go. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Which later I thought that actually might have been a good idea, but but nope. I went with the trumpet. and I was not good at the trumpet. <laughs> um, but my one that I love playing, and please do not laugh at this, uh, was Titanic. My heart will go on. Oh I, gosh! I, it's I, James Horner. I mean, yeah. It's well, I mean, technically it's Celine Dion, but I mean, like the melody is James. Horner. I just it's really nice. that chorus of it. I just really got into it. And again, I was not good playing it, so I kind of pretend to play and and. And in the swell of the music and stuff, pretend like I'm belting it out and play really softly. <laughs> but that one actually sometimes would belt out because it was just, you know, that hits. Celine Dion. Just got to go with it. But it's not Celine Dion. It's my trumpet. <laughs> well, I would, um, 
we were playing scores in band. We would sometimes we would play John Williams, and you know, as you know, John Williams loves his French horns, and so I'm like, oh, to be a French horn at this moment, like there are these like <laughs> sweeping moments. I'm like, oh, forget clarinet, like I just just let me play that one little line on the French horn, and my life will be made. Like I, I don't know, because sometimes I feel like woodwinds just get like the we get like a lot of the background parts and everything. You're like, no, I want to play the main melody, but yeah. So, I, no, like, scores have always been, like, a big thing with me. And I mentor teens, and when they when we are going on field trips and stuff, I, there's, I mean, there's scores, like, on my iPod. And so one of them will be like, Jackie, can we please listen to real music? And I'm like, listen, this is using this real is instruments. Real so this is real, okay? So we're going to listen to this. All right, now, who wants to listen to Gardens of the Galaxy? Okay, you can we, we we can listen to that and not the soundtrack. I do have the soundtrack, but I also love the score. So. <laughs> By the way, when you were saying woodwinds get uh, kind of get in the background, the background ones, I was going to say we should play a sad trombone noise. But <laughs> sad, what's the woodwind equivalent of sad trombone? Sad oboe? No, Where oboe is, is the snake charmer. Um, <laughs> they sound like I mean that's that's what I would say. The yeah, that's an oboe. Um, I don't know. Cause and I don't you can't say flute because or sad. piccolo because it's like sad oh my, it's not sad it's not sad it's not but that you can like never really be sad movie. you can never really be sad with a with a flute and I, I don't know like I mean I guess maybe saxophones can be sad I don't know oh yeah we or can maybe do that. or maybe like a bass clarinet. I'll ask you for a sound effect person and sure. see if we can get on this for the, for the podcast. It's me. I do everything with the podcast. is what you played, Adam, right? I did, briefly. I, I was like Scott in that I was terrible about practicing, so I didn't last too long. But yeah, saxophone was my instrument. <laughs> Our band teachers are listening like, ah! <laughs> they <laughs> are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he knew I didn't practice. <laughs> he was very nice about it. He should have been like, what are you doing in band? You are, you are not playing it. You should... <laughs> just probably practice. I just want to be a well-rounded student. That's how, you know. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's hear your origin story here of how you got into uh, film scores. I don't know if it was the first actual moment, but the first, I've, I mean, I've always loved movies, but the first time I remember like coming out of one and like humming the music I'd heard was um, Tim Burton's Batman movies oh, um, with the Danny one. Elfman theme. Um yeah, I think that was the the first time that yeah the the movie the music in the movie had that kind of effect on me that I was like yeah I I want to go out and I want to like listen to that again um, yeah I mean it's it's iconic and it's still still one of my favorite pieces of music that is like in my head right now actually mm-hmm. now you just mentioned it and it was like and I'm like oh my god <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's always it starts right there too you're always yeah. like no 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 and then of course like, the Batman the animated series I guess oh. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, as a note, though, like what one of the things I think is interesting about composing <laughs> in that case is that when you eventually get someone who is notable enough that they're like in effect like directing a bunch of other people to like go straight beneath them, I think is really interesting because it's one of my favorite things about Zimmer is that he gives other people chances to come in and like compose parts of it, but. Batman the Animated Series, actually, so there's a whole bunch of, like, really lavish releases of the different sets from out the entire run of it, but um, Shirley Walker was the composer who ended up, like, overseeing the whole series. Elfman just 
did the main theme for it. But Shirley Walker gave all these other composers their starts by she created this like overarching soundscape. And then she was like, you do this episode or you do this part of this episode. I just, Shirley Walker is one of those composers who you know sadly is no longer with us, and I desperately wish she was because she was so talented and so cool. And Batman the Animated Series was a huge, a huge effect on my life. So Batman the Animated Series is amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's on, uh, it's on Hulu. I think I, I oh, went back. Oh man, don't tell episodes. me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's there. <laughs> it's just it's great for a cartoon. Well, I used to watch it coming back. We'll have to do a Batman the Animated Series <gasps> episode. Oh my god. Oh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> and you may think, oh, well, how can that tie into the little? In March for Saturday Night Rewind, <gasps> Batman Returns. Not Batman the Animated Series, obviously. Oh. Well, I, mean, <laughs> Returns, like, I that. built you up. For me. But... That is my favorite Batman movie. Batman Returns. Yeah. I At the time that came out, I was a huge Batman fan. Uh, I wasn't 13, so I was like, oh, I can't see a PG-13 movie in, in the theater. And I remember my neighbor surprised us. So like, oh, why don't you go over as I was friends with, with the... The neighborhood, the child who was my age at the time. So me and my twin brother went over there, and they're like, "We have this on VHS recorded," (laughs) (laughs) and it was amazing. I I still think probably Dark Knight is my favorite Batman one, Mm -hmm. but Batman Returns has a special place in my heart. So 35 millimeter in March, Saturday Night Rewind. Uh, While I'm on a promotional track, uh, Suspiria. 35 millimeter in February. It's a uncut Italian version. It was one that was found in an old Italian cinema uh, back last summer. The Chicago Film Society uh, kind of refurbished it, checked it over. So we'll have that. We'll have an interpreter there. That'll be a fun one. I've never seen Suspiria, so I'm so super has excited. Iconic score, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't speak anything else. That's, all, that's <laughs> all I can say is, is it, yes. Is it Goblin? Am I making that up? Am I spreading misinformation? I don't remember this. I feel all right, bad. well, yeah. then strike this from the record. <laughs> <laughs> this will be moved up to the start of the podcast. Look at Adam just spewing stuff, talking about talking things. Talking when he doesn't actually have any information. <laughs> but you looked at me looks. expectedly, hoping I could back you up, and I don't. I, don't know. <laughs> I was hoping, yeah. I was trying to yeah, set you up, and now that failed. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like yesterday, so we well this won't be yesterday when you're listening to this but we we had a call me by your name panel adam was on was a great guest as always uh and of course matt has the one question that stumps everyone i was trying to give something everyone could answer but it didn't work (laughs) we've been going on for a while too i think most of our brains are kind of we're kind of mush at that point but that's another movie you should check it out the little i don't know if you've seen it that had a very good score too from what i Remember, I had the Sufjan Stevens song, which I nominated for an Oscar, which I liked. I still don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. It sounds right. Yeah, it's I'll one of those. That's one of those. Um, one of the soundtracks, though, that I, I saw foolishly because I really like the music in it, but I haven't gone and re-listened to it at all since it, you know, since seeing it. But I actually don't know if there's any original score in it. It may all just be classical pieces of music, and then two original. Sufjan Stephen songs. I don't. I don't <laughs> know. Nice. Um, so that's why. So our classical ninety-one point five host Mona Segatola Salami is awesome. Uh, she is right at the moment hosting her radio show. She's doing her job, so she's not on here. Mona could answer this for me. Yeah, she. Her <laughs> knowledge of stuff is incredible. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but she was on the panel for the Lobster with us, mm. and she was just dropping. Now it was just so fascinating. I listened yeah. to her 
talk for a while. Um, and you go to the little.org or uh, the classical 91.5 website. Um, you can see the whole series. She helped organize it with the other host. Um, that's what we do for this series. Each host kind of picks a film. Uh, chooses to lead a discussion um so she's great so she she will be at this discussion for the score on february 3rd um and really i I hope we're adding some for people listening but um during this discussion too it'll be a whole nother level of enlightenment it'll be fun that's mostly why i want to go as i was like we have a professor from the eastman school and mona talking i was like great i'm yeah, there i just want right. to listen to them talk told, yeah <laughs> no they're terrific like, we do have a mic on for mona i told her if she if she plays a long song she can come in maybe i'll just have her record a part and just like jam it in the middle of here so it sounds natural oh there she is <laughs> she's outside this is exciting live radio right now do you want to come in and say a few words no, we were just literally talking about you. Conjured you up. This is amazing. And I have the mic on ready for you. Aww. So here is Mona. Woo! Take it away. Hey, what are we talking about? We, we were talking about you. No, we were talking about the Classical 91.5 Presents series. We've talked about score a little. Um, I don't know if you, do you want to talk a little about the screening or any of the screenings we have coming up this year. It's a great lineup. Sure. It's actually, it's an interesting thing because... We sort of debate, like, what is the point? Is it to show a movie and then no matter what the music is, just talk about it? Or is it to show movies about composers like Beethoven, which we are doing at the end of the year? Immortal Beloved with Gary Oldman portraying Beethoven. I don't know if you saw that in the 90s. It's kind of historical nonsense, but it's also great. (laughs) And, you know, um, then but then Breaking Away, the great sports film, the bicycling one filmed in Bloomington, Indiana, where I went to school and there was this great affection for it. There is Italian-themed classical music in the soundtrack. So if you're a film composer, you're like, hey, they didn't use, you know, new music. It's not a great example of a new film score, but it's a great example of using other music. And then the other one we're showing is kind of silly but fun, and it's a musical on the town, which Leonard Bernstein wrote the music to. Partially, this is Leonard Bernstein's 100th year, so there's a lot of Bernstein at 100 celebrations. Unfortunately, the last two years we showed... On the Waterfront, his great single original film score, and we also showed West Side Story. So what's left? But it's also, it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess, who are these guys? Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra or something. People like them. So. Who are those? So yeah, that's the lineup. And it's great that the Empire Film Music Ensemble plays, is pretty much committed to playing in some way with each of the screenings. So score, they're going to be playing jazz versions of movie themes in the cafe beforehand. Awesome. Partially because they're like, we don't want to try and compete with like the grand score itself. So let's like do it a little bit different so you have them all in your ear as you walk in. And then we have Mark Waters from the Beale Institute at Eastman, someone who's written film and TV scores and also teaches people to write movie music to like geek out with us afterwards. That's awesome. So, I don't know. I love it. It's a tough call. There were other movies I wanted to show. We keep trying to get the rights to show Diva, which is a French thriller from the early 80s that has an opera singer in it. There's this guy who records her. She never wants to be recorded. But actually, the Japanese mafia thinks he secretly recorded their mafia conversation, so they're chasing him around town on motorcycles. Wow. And the Diva people are listening to this. Please, <laughs> let us show your movie. And then I also wanted to do, um, I've never seen it, but Topsy Turvy is a Gilbert and Sullivan oh, movie. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. that would be fun to do like sing along with Offman Real Players, but also no U.S. rights. So I really appreciate oh. that the little sort of swings around and figures out because we try and show some of these older movies are harder to get the rights to them. Like who owns it? Did that company go out of business? Even though you know that movie, it's actually like, yeah, the people who made it went out of business 20 years ago and it's just a cult classic. That's, yeah. 
let's go now. What we're up to <laughs> in, uh, I don't know, what have you guys been discussing? What do you love about movies and music? Yeah, well, the uh, actually, it's funny. It's what we were discussing when, when we brought up your name was the, uh, we were talking about Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and we don't think it's, a, I don't know if you, have you seen it? I haven't yet. Okay, so maybe you wouldn't know. We, we think it's classical music. And I was like, do you know who would probably know if they watched oh, it? Oh, I have to go look it up. Because <laughs> it has such a long, like, the the music credits in it. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there's any original score in it. I think it's all just mm. classical, previously existing music, but and I'm not sure. Yeah, the great example of this, probably you know, is that for 2001 A Space Odyssey, Kubrick was using a temp track of classical pieces, and there actually exists the score by... Isn't it Alex North? It's Alex North, yeah. And if you listen to it, it's a ve- it's been recorded. You can listen to it. It sounds super of its time, like, you know, kind of like cheesy, jazzy. I don't know. It's like fun, but... It wouldn't be iconic like it is without that. But Alex North still, you know, still, still, I think he's gone now. But, his, you know, there's a a grudge held there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then there's a good mix. So I was surprised to see Hans Zimmer nominated for best score for his score to um, Dunkirk. First of all, because of all the big silences, but also because that big climactic moment at the end. I don't know if you may not remember the music, but I just played it on the radio the other day. But da 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 da. That's from the Enigma Variations by Edward Elgar. He makes great use in working it in, and it's this beautiful piece that sticks out of this larger piece, and it also means so much to the British people. But I was like, the best moment of your movie score in there is by someone else. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, because also I. I could be wrong exactly yeah. on the credits, but I also I'm pretty sure I was reading that that arrangement of that piece is actually not even by Zimmer. It's by Benjamin Walfish, who scored this year, had an amazing year doing like uh, a cure for wellness and it and a bunch of other stuff. Oh. So even in that case, because he's like a you know, he's worked with Zimmer, but I don't think Zimmer even arranged that piece, which is mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Yeah. Though, of course, I'm happier with him than another Zimmer protege. I hate the Wonder Woman score. I do too. I do too. Oh, at least the main theme, I kind of pumps me up. I, okay, I have to leave. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman is listening too. I love what Elfman did with it in Justice League. I think he did like some. Uh, he added more. He added more orchestrations and more interesting instrumentation to it. But the actual Wonder Woman score itself, I think, is Harry Gregson Williams. I think. Or Rupert or something. Oh, Rupert. That's it. Thank oh, you. Sorry, Harry Rupert Gregson something. Williams. You're right. It's Rupert, Rupert. Gregson Williams. You're yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I just, I don't like it at all. I, to me at least, and I want to hear your kind of, is, though it could be in context because I like some things like this, it just speaks of, I'm so epic, so epic, so big, so oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Without, I mean, even John Williams knows how to quiet down every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Another quote we'll leave, we'll leave off with this. Well, do you? Guys, I didn't oh. plan to ask this. So I don't have the list of the. Do you guys have a favorite or someone who you want to win the Oscar this year? Again, I wasn't planning on asking this, so I don't have the list of nominees in front of me. For score or for anything? For score. Mm. <laughs> well, you could you could name the other um, ones if you yeah, want. Yeah. So let's see who is up. It is Zimmer for Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. It's Desplat for um, Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I, John Williams for Star Wars. There are two more. Uh, Carter Burwell for Three Billboards. Mm. And then Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread. Oh, Phantom Thread, which I haven't seen yet. And I love Johnny Greenwood's score for uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm. Made that movie mm-hmm. for me. The constant mm-hmm. tension. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't his, know. His, his work on Phantom Thread is, is equally amazing. But it sounds so different, but it works so well in the film. And it's so prominent when you go, go to see it. Yeah. As much as I love... Shape of Water. I I honestly think Phantom Thread would be my choice of yeah. those to win. Ditto. Well, our, one of our earlier questions was if you had 
a you could have someone score your life. Your life is a movie. Hmm. Who would you have score it? And I thought of Johnny Greenwood after I said Hans Zimmer, but I'm oh, you. That you would be a stressful life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. Who who would score the Mona movie? Hmm. So it's not even like, oh, this is my favorite guy. But I have to say, everything that Michael Giacchino scores yes. is super tasteful. Is that how you say it now? I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't he know. might be like super American and I'm very much Italianing his name to Giacchino. <laughs> and he's like, what? We all call, they all call me Mikey Giacchino. <laughs> right. So, I think that's what he said earlier. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. But I said yeah, I would have him score. I did, so I don't, like, I think he did. When I see a movie and I notice but don't notice the score a bit, and I'm like, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. that's a weird compliment to have. Like, I'm like, oh, look. That was him. I mean, also a lot of modern movies I see Dispel and Giacchino. Or, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. Though, and I feel bad I forget his name. Brenda, our morning announcer, pointed out that the score to Get Out is oh. by a composer. We have several of his recordings in the library. He's a composer of concert works. Wow. And so, like, he's, and he's written all these interesting classical concert pieces, too. So I've been meaning to look into him more because yeah. she mentioned him. So, as, But I guess I'd pick Giacchino, though. I don't know. Maybe my life would be more magical if Alexander Desplat scored it. <laughs> <laughs> be just, yeah. Well, your life is kind of the same. They're just scoring it. Your <laughs> life they're... is magical. You whimsy. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so anyway, that's This that. was a magical moment. We were just talking about you, and you <laughs> appeared in the hallway. <laughs> I'm not even going to cut anything out. I'm just going to leave it as is. There literally wasn't a, It was like the perfect transition. Anyway, Everyone's going to think it was planned. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound I'm going to run away, fun. but I am... I don't know. I know it's a long piece that I put on, but I don't know how long, so if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> we have dead air on the actual live radio now. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Mona. Thanks, Mona. Thanks, I'm Mona. putting in Thanks, a Mona. round of applause here. We're adding in this <laughs> <laughs> she was closing the door. I thought she was doing a bow for a second, <laughs> which would have been deserved. Oh, okay. there was a bow too. No, just... Mona is is the best. I'm so well. You could tell, but she just comes in. And is like knowledge, knowledge, knowledge bomb. Here we go, which was awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I think we'll wrap up. That'll be a good time to wrap up. I do want to ask uh, a vague question to end with, kind of, but I'm I'm curious of the answer. Do you guys have a favorite all time score? Oh, you can name a couple if you have to, me. because it's <laughs> obviously, it's like asking your favorite movie. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot exactly. of them. <laughs> like, don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to tackle it first? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I oh, can. Man. I just didn't want to. Yeah, you go. Uh, okay. Um, so Danny Elfman is my favorite composer, um, but my favorite score is actually Hook by John Williams, <sighs> which... When yeah, that's the thing, is that when people talk about the like when you talk about the music that actually like just hits your heart and like mm. actually affects you that deeply, it's hook for me. Like I hear it. It like, hooks I, you. I, I, ah, nice. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I was gonna say I instantly tear up, but thanks. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it hooks your tear ducts with its emotional impact. <laughs> no, definitely. It's it, it it goes like it goes right to me. Like I love it. It's it's everything I ever want in a film score. I just want to listen to all these and watch a bunch of movies now. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had a screen we could just pull up We're like, all right, movie time now. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I uh, if we could change the question to what makes us <laughs> what makes us feel the most, I think. That's mm-hmm. absolutely fair. Sure. Go with that. Um and I know it's not a movie. It's it's a mini series, but it's the music in Band of Brothers. Mm. I think starting with that first, just the the opening, like, and you don't even have to know exactly like what the story. I mean, you know, like in general, it's a war story, but 
I mean, something that just breaks my heart. Like every every single time I hear it, it's you know I'm almost moved to tears. And 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 music that does that, like no matter how many times you listen to it, you still have like the same sort of feeling and everything. Like I think that's brilliant. Um, I mean, if I if I try to then like go back and answer your question, like I don't honestly. There there are so many scores out there that are amazing. Um, and I know one one for me that I really like that I really like. And, and it's not to say that's my favorite, but one I really like is actually it's another Hans Zimmer score, and it's um, Gladiator. And mm. I mean, it, it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite movies, and um, I just because I just think it's so well done. Ridley Scott's one of my favorite directors, um, and it's it, there, there's so many because I know a lot of composers you know, there are similar themes you know throughout their score, but I feel like with gladiator there's something different in each in in each song so that's one of my favorites one of my favorites at least it's great it's a yeah. great choice yeah, yeah. that is a good pick mm-hmm. um it's always tough for me to separate just because of the way my mind works to separate a movie from its score um so they kind of get wrapped together for mm-hmm. me i mean which is i suppose a good thing um but the first thing that comes to mind is uh the rocketeer by james horner mm-hmm. um a i love that movie and I love the Rocketeer. The, yeah, <laughs> it's just got that I don't know the majesty and the excitement, and it's uh, it's it's so good. And yeah, the movie's great too. Makes me want to have a jetpack. Make exactly. sure you have the bubble gum to. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Things fucked up. Of oh, I love, that was a movie. We're really speaking to nostalgia here. My, <laughs> my childhood, and I just want to go home and watch the Rocketeer Batman animated series. Oh, he's wearing the Rocketeer shirt. So for those who can't see, Adam is wearing a Rocketeer shirt. It is as amazing as it sounds. Is there something on the back? (laughs) It's got the jetpack on it. There's the jetpack on the back. (laughs) I honestly used to wear a backpack and run around my parents' house and jump off stairs and pretend it was a jetpack. So, yeah. If I had that backpack, I would do that in my apartment, like when I go home. (laughs) That is amazing. uh, So my answer to that probably... Isn't real fair. So I, I keep going back to Hans Zimmer. Um, who I, so I, by the way, we all went to Hans Zimmer in concert. We probably don't have a lot, enough time to talk about it. My only notes on it are Hans Zimmer in concert, period, blew my mind, period. <laughs> <laughs> End of discussion. Uh, but that's kind of the one that got me into soundtracks is I would listen to the Dark Knight one, the Batman Begins, uh, Inception. I would listen to them all the way through. I'm like, man, these are really good. So I'd go back and listen to other ones. Uh, Aside from that, it was mostly like any iconic thing. Like, oh, Jurassic Park. I love that main theme. Mm, Uh, Indiana Jones, which are all great. But that was the first one where I would listen to it all the way through. And I'm like, oh, this is really good, especially for writing. I love it. Um, And Jackie, you had mentioned a TV miniseries. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, a lot of TV shows now have great scores. I mean, Westworld, Game of Thrones, which is the same composer. I was just going to say, it's the same composer. You know, some of the, they are cinematic and they're cinematic in, in, you know, scope and their their budget and how they look. Mm -hmm. um, And also the score. And some of those, I've, uh, Westworld on vinyl. I love listening to it. That's awesome. That shows you how cool I am, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, even TV, like it really... You know, it's it's an art form, and it's really something to elevate the product. You know, TV shows aren't what they used to be. They are uh, – I don't want to say they're like movies now. That's kind of a cliche. But at least in terms of, like, production values mm-hmm. and soundtrack, they do have the equivalent of movies. They have great great people working on it um, and, and some great scores. My most embarrassing film score moment was when one of the years we went to San Diego Comic-Con – 
and um, one of the record labels who had a booth there, uh, La La Land Records, mm. um, had composer Nathan Barr, who scored True Blood, and they had him there doing signings. And so I brought my copy of the True Blood score from New York to San Diego to have him sign it. And I was so excited. This was only a couple years ago. <laughs> I was so excited having him like score it. And he was like, oh, what do you like about it? And I was like, I love this piece. And I hummed it for him in <laughs> front of him terribly oh and he was such a sweetheart about it because he literally wrote on like his signing was matt i'm really glad you like it like nathan god, that would have been me if i ever met bear mccreary oh yeah oh my gosh so he did outlander he did um right oh my god we need to talk oh about god. that afterwards oh my god. we need to talk about it afterwards um he did lost um oh, that's my turn to kill <laughs> Go on. Um, he did. Is it, was it Battlestar? Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um. He's he's just These amazing. Are my shows. He's just. A, oh, he also did um. A, a Pirates TV oh, show. Oh, um, Black Sails. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, which I've never watched, but I've listened to the entire score. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There are whole. <laughs> did any, has anyone watched that? Isn't that one that was canceled? Like. I think. Am so. I wrong? Yeah, I but um, I have not. Okay. Okay, for all the geeks listening, okay, please don't kill me. But 100% I have not of the watched. Audience. Right, I have never watched one episode of Game of Thrones, but I've listened to all the music, um, because it's incredible. But yes, uh, Bear McCreary is definitely a composer uh, that I absolutely, absolutely adore. Um, and he does a lot of TV. I don't know if he's ever done. Has he done film? He's, he's been done? starting to do more of it. Okay. Um, it, actually, the my favorite of his film scores mm-hmm. is Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, actually, okay. And that's one I haven't seen. Which yeah. is oh, super inspired by Bernard Herrmann, um, mm-hmm. who's one of my one of yeah. my favorite composers. And yeah, so it's great. <laughs> by the way, you should not let one of your former coworkers, Mona, not Mona, who is in here, other Mona. No, like, I know. She already knows. It's fine. About the Game We've of Thrones. We've had a discussion. She, um, she's a big Game of Thrones fan. I mean, fan. I've been shamed. You know, shame, shame. That thing. See, I know things about <laughs> it. See, you get references. I, need, I know things, but I just, I haven't seen it. But I've listened to the score. We stopped watching after the second or third season? Not intentionally. <laughs> no, not intentionally. No, no, no. But, but yeah, so There's a lot like, of movies uh, to watch. Like There's a lot of TV to watch. Yeah, I think yeah. it's acceptable. I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, we do have a couple of Peter Dinklage is a dedicated listener, so Aww. Hi, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be angry. Okay, is there anything you guys want to bring up for we close? We kind of kept this somewhat. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. Been talking no. About no. We talked. Oh, yeah, there's no We're way. probably all hungry. It's like, I want to eat dinner now. Because someone did bring chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my normal dinner. <laughs> oh no, no, noting for next time, make sure Scott is not malnourished. Bring chocolate. What kind of host demands? <laughs> like, bring me presents. <laughs> This is why we come back to be subservient. <laughs> bring me food and goods. <laughs> it's all right if you don't bring chocolate, and I, because it is a good joke. But if you do bring chocolate, it's just going to be lots go- of like. Ru- oh, I mean, oh, it's good. I was going to say there's lots of like rustling as you're like opening it. Oh yeah, I'll be eating it. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm a loud chewer too. I, I, I'm conscious of it, and I try not to do it. But I'd be like. <laughs> it'll be it'll be the worst possible thing for a podcast. Will be me eating chocolate. And there we go off on a tangent again. That's right. Scores. Yeah, yeah. Um. Right. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> can I, can I just can I just say one more thing? Sure. So, please, and that please. is just because I was like, ah, the one thing I wanted to make sure I said earlier is the one thing I didn't actually end up answering, which was um, about an an unknown composer who mm-hmm. people should follow and hear more of. Um, my pick for that would be um, Abel Korzeniowski. Um, who's, I believe, Polish. 
Um, Sounds Polish. Um, yeah, but, I'm Polish. Love it. <laughs> um, I just, I think when people talk about, sometimes, sometimes people talk about like modern scores having a bad rap because there's no themes or mm-hmm. it's not terribly lush or anything. His work is so amazing and he is very particular about what he scores, but he did both of Tom Ford's films. So he mm. did um, a, single a Single Man, man. Uh, and then Nocturnal Animals. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. But he also um, has done, he's just he's just done some other like television work. Um, at, and I can't remember the name of it. It's the Josh Hartnett uh, one that's fantasy with werewolves and stuff. Um, I don't know. Never mind. You can strike that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but, but I love by him um, a score, uh, an animated film called Copernicus's Star, which is an animated film about Copernicus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was never released digitally. It's just on CD. But it is like the most grand, gorgeous piece, uh, the whole thing. It's I just love it. And I think he's super talented and he keeps getting work, but it's like, very small, unheard of things. Okay. Well, maybe maybe this will be the star. It'll lead to bigger thing. Not this podcast. I mean, that's okay. Oh, maybe this podcast. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, I gotta thank you guys. This is great to be back. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Had fun as always. You could tell. Was I really? I literally thought we did a good job keeping it short. And then I looked yeah. at the clock. We've been talking for an hour. <laughs> the hour flew by. It's okay. Um, so if anyone was listening, and I, this could be the <laughs> sorry, Scott. If anyone was listening and skipped to the end, but like when is this ending? I don't. And you're here now at the end. Uh, I'm going to repeat uh, what we our main purpose for talking about movie scores, aside from they're awesome, is that Score, a film music documentary, is screening at 3 p.m. Saturday, February 3rd at the Little Theater. Uh, it's part of our classical 91.5 present series. Uh, you can see a trailer, which if you see the trailer, you'll... You want to see it. That's at thelittle.org. Uh, tickets also at thelittle.org. Uh, the screening will be followed by a discussion of, of the music, the film, uh, with a panel including Emmy award-winning composer and conductor Mark Waters. Uh, he is the director of the Beale Institute for Film Music and Contemporary Media at the Eastman School of Music. So please remember that all <laughs> without <laughs> looking it up. So it'll be great. Uh, thanks to my guest, Adam Lubito, Jackie McGriff, Matt DeTurk, I was pointing at the wrong people when I was. I don't know who you guys are. You guys rock. Thanks so much for chatting with us. I appreciate it. Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Please remember, it's always a good time to take a little break. Music.